So first clarify for us the capacity in which you were part of these discussions. Well, it has just been uh, explained now by Ms. Patel. Uh, a group of us who are former members of the, or former presidents of the Black Student Society at FITS in the 80s um, were uh, called upon by the various constituencies and we came in that capacity, as she said. And then just looking at uh, what was resolved upon yesterday, and uh, I do see you saying that one of the things that you demanded was that Adam Habib speak to the students personally, address them personally and not through the media. How did that meeting go? Well, the meeting was, uh, it went well, I must say, because I think that uh, everybody understood yesterday that the issues had come to a, quite a precipice. We were, you know, uh, I mean, the kind of violence that I personally experienced in the morning uh, when we were uh, stopping the students effectively from disrupting classes and we managed to get them to walk uh, across to the other campus, and then out of the blue, the police threw us with uh, stun grenades and, and so on. I went and had discussions with the leadership of the police, and thereafter it became even clearer that something needed to be done because it was going to be this kind of provocation, counter-provocation. Um, unfortunately, we already had a planned a meeting of the presidents of the Black Student Society. So by the time I went to that meeting, I was able to report on the situation on the ground. So we agreed there and then to go directly. We went to Hillbrook Police Station because we, the students already had been had, had marched to Hillbrook Police Station because some of their colleagues had been uh, arrested. And we managed to get those students uh, released. So all those kinds of things assisted in, in creating an atmosphere, I think, where both sides were prepared uh, to listen. Now, um, many people have spoken about your presence specifically at that particular protest march, uh, calling it cheap politicking, uh, speaking about third force and hijacking uh, the student movement. What's your response to that? No, I don't think we need to respond to that kind of nonsense. Uh, I mean, anybody who, who has an interest of uh, students at heart who doesn't know what the alternative could be, uh, who thinks that we should wait until there's a dead person before we can react, and we can't prevent the kind of catastrophe that is clearly uh, unfolded across the country. Uh, you know, I mean, I... I'm immune to that kind of, of, of criticism. I think that uh, it's very important. The first thing we all said, uh, we came, you know, some of, of these ex-presidents of the Black Student Society uh, are lecturers at Reds, others are vice chairs of the IEC, and so on. Whatever else we do, we, we were not there representing that. We came there as ex-student leaders. And uh, we are doing a lot of other work, by the way. I don't think those people even know that I chair something called the Insourcing Task Team at FITS. So every Wednesday evening I have a meeting there which lasts for four or five hours, which I, I do just as a, as a service, because I have an interest in, 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 in the future of, of, of uh, uh, not only that institution, but education. Education in this country is probably the most important thing we should all obsess about. I cannot 
see that we can have any other priority coming from Sarafurtian uh, education being the most unequal society in the world. We, we should all just be sleeping and dreaming about how we can empower people through education in the long term because that's the only way that we will ever be able to get a, a better society. And then uh, just in the lead up to that uh, General Assembly on Friday, um, what will be happening uh, during this uh, to these two days and also the General Assembly on Friday? uh, Who will be allowed to attend that? Well, the General Assembly, and I remember in my time at Vits in the 80s, there was something called the Declack Bills. Uh, where SW Clerk wanted to clamp down on universities. So whenever there's a major crisis, a general assembly of this kind is called, and it's, it's quite open to all the constituencies at the university, the workers, the academics, the students, council, the senate, and, and, and those kinds of, of people. But this one, we are hoping that will also attract uh, people who are not necessarily, strictly speaking, uh, part of the so-called university community, the church, civil society, uh, labor, and, and, and all South Africans who are uh, interested in, in the plight of, 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 of uh, the, the education crisis. Um, so we're hoping that the format is quite a formal format. It's chaired by the chancellor of the university, and um, and then the constituencies, as Sarona explained, would uh, ordinarily pledge uh, allegiance to a kind of minimum statement uh, on which they agree, but they also would, will put their own slant, as it were, on the issue. The idea really is to unite the university community so that hopefully the next stage is then for them to say, okay, what, what do we do now? So that when they approach government, for example, they, don't, they approach government as a block uh, on the basis of that minimum uh, statement. And um, uh, more importantly, to restore peace and learning because the fight for, for free education is not something that's going to be resolved tomorrow morning. It's, uh, you know, the education crisis in this country started in the mid-50s when uh, education was declared. So it's, it's not something that's going to be resolved overnight, but it is something that must be resolved urgently, and it can only be resolved if all of us as South Africans from our various vintage points call for it and examine it and find out uh, how possible it is, what needs to be done, when must it be done. But that it must be done it should be a no-brainer. And just uh, finally, Advocate Mpofu, uh, wearing a different hat, uh, Julius Malema yesterday um, on a television program saying that the EFF, um, if the ANC dips below 50% in 2019, would come up with a proposal that would look at the merger between the two parties to establish a new party. As chairman of the EFF, is this something that the party has been looking at, discussing, or was that Julius Malema's views as the CIC? No, unfortunately, I didn't even see the television program because I was having meetings at at it. So I can't really comment on something that I've uh, listened to properly. All, the only thing I can say really about that is that, uh, you know, one thing that we have said so many times, there's nothing new in it, is that South Africa has entered 
the era, a new era, and through the because of the EFF, the, in the, the advent of the EFF, we have brought this country to a new era of what we call coalition politics. There's no doubt about that. I, uh, I can tell you now that in 2019, there's no political party that will win the elections outright. So it's a debate that we must all have as South Africans between now and then, and maybe for the next 20 years or so, before the emergence of, of another dominant party, which is probably not a good thing uh, at all. Mm. So I, I don't think people should get excited. I mean, we've had the, the whole of August, that's all that was on our lips, was, uh, and we, we spoke to every political party in this country, and um, openly we reported that all of them, we offered them, uh, you know, uh, kind of views of, of how we could work together with conditionalities. So nothing will change. It, it, it's, it's God-given that if, if there's no outright majority winner, we'll have to look at various uh, options. In August, we had to look at how would we work with the ANC, and we told them what our conditions were. How would we work with the DA? We told them what our conditions were, and they both failed to meet those conditions. Hence, we didn't get into a coalition with any one of them. So uh, uh, that doesn't mean next time, if there's another by-election somewhere and the balance of forces changes in East London or whatever, then we will have to have the same kind of discussions with those with those parties there. So it's, it's nothing new. I think it's just that people don't realize that we've actually entered a, a new era of politics in South Africa uh, for, for the next mm. 20 years. So you're yeah. saying a merger with the ANC is a possibility? Every, in, in coalition politics, everything is a possibility. The, the key is not on the possibility. The key is on what are the conditions. So, and the conditions might, might change from time to time. This time, the conditions we put to the ANC were uh, the removal of Zuma, the uh, return of the land, uh, equal education, and um, you know uh, the, 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 the national anthem issue, and, and, and so on. I think we put uh, six or seven uh, conditions. Similarly to the PA, we put uh, those. They failed to meet them. Oh, yeah, with the ANC, we also insisted that there should be a Gupta commission, a commission on the Guptas, and they obviously refused to do those things. So, All and, right. uh, so if they had agreed, we, we would have uh, worked with them. Okay, we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks so much uh, for that, Advocate Dali Mpofu.